Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come into a time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away for the second time and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Now the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Get up. Let us be going. Look, my betrayer is at hand. Thank you. This uh, is a 2,000-year-old story, but it's one that is so relevant and so relevant to, to my heart. Um, the, to give you a little history, this took place in Gethsemane. Gethsemane means uh, press. It's a place where they, rose, uh, they raised uh, olives, and they would, uh, to this day, they still... Um, uh, press them and make olive oil. It's just north of Bethlehem. Uh, you can go there to one of these sites here, and you can see some of uh, these trees here. Uh, this right now is located in a place called Church of All Nations. It's a, uh, uh, I think it's owned by the, the Catholics uh, pretty much since the Crusades. There's been some dispute of whether that's the actual place where Jesus actually fell and, and prayed. There's been some, you know, one thing that churches are so good at uh, since we've started is uh, division and, and change of opinion. Uh, we've argued over this too. Uh, the Eastern Orthodox think it's actually over here, uh, just, a, just a stone's throw away from there, and that that's where they believe also uh, the tomb of Mary, Jesus' mother, was. Traditional garden is here. Greeks think it's over there. The Russians think it's over there. So we still can't get along. But uh, the, it just points out that when we try to see, seek uh, some of the, uh, the nitty-gritty, sometimes we can lose sight of what the message is truly all about. Uh, even to this day, you can go uh, to these, uh, the, the traditional place there, and uh, tour guides will tell you that uh, what you're seeing are trees that were there when Jesus wept. Um, that's a little, there's, a, there's even a little bit of argument on that too. Um, there's, uh, we have Josephus, the historian that was actually around at this time, and he claims that when Rome annihilated 
Israel, they annihilated all of the trees. They took them all out. They burned them. They used them for weaponry, all kinds of things. Uh, they resourced the whole thing. But uh, the olive tree has an amazing power of growing from the underground root. And so they believe that maybe some of those trees have sprouted up. These trees that are at the uh, traditional garden, some of them have been carbon dated and date back to the Crusades. Uh, and so um, that's about how old, but they could have originated from that. So a little trivia there for you. Uh, just if you're looking for exciting conversation over dinner tonight, you can say, hey, you know, I see you have olives in your salad. What about this? <laughs> But again, when we talk about those kind of things, they're interesting, but we miss the, the overall point. And the overall point is that we have, um, we have a God that feels. I, if you're a leader, a lot of times if, if you are a leader in, in charge of people, uh, many people believe that you should not show too much emotion. If you show a weakness, like a, a feeling, uh, it can turn your people against you. They can lose faith in you. And yet, um, we follow Christ, who never had a poker face, never hid what he was feeling. If he was mad at you, he'd let you know. Uh, there were times he told his disciples, how much longer do I have to put up with you guys? Uh, if he was angry at the religious leaders, he let them know. If he was sad, he let them know. He felt it, and we got a window to it. But this is extraordinary. Uh, in the scriptures, we get a window to something so devastating, a moment where our, the leader of our very faith loses it in, in, in our terms of losing it. We get to see his most honest self. It's truly amazing. There are so many religions that came before Christianity that people would, would make up gods and all this kind of stuff, and they would say that gods made this thing and all this kind of stuff because they were angry at people. Uh, a lot of the things, the gods that, that were worshipped before uh, the, 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 the monolithic god, uh, monolithic, <laughs> the, uh, the single god that uh, came with Abraham, uh, it was a result of, of God being angry at his people. But here in this setting, we have Jesus who takes the Peter and the sons of Zebedee, James and John. Those are the ones that we think are the closest to him. And he takes them with him, and he takes them to wherever that um, Mount of Olives is. And he says to them, I'm at my wit's end here. I, I'm... I need you. Uh, I just need you to sit here with me. I need you to pray because I'm losing it. And Jesus, the leader of our faith, the Son of God, God in flesh, who feels, who feels, finds a spot. And he is so distraught that he drops to his knees. We often see paintings of him leaning on a rock. And he is so, he is so unlike the Jesus that we have seen up until this point. 
We've seen this powerful person that has spoken with authority. We've seen this person that has welcomed people, that has saved people, that has healed people. But here, he is, he's at a loss. And he says, Father, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. If you can take this from me, please, please take it. You know, the scripture always says that, you know, right away, if you can take this from me, take it, but, but your will be done and I'll follow. I'm of the personal thought that there's a little bit more of a pause in between those two. If you ask God a question, usually there's time for you to think about it or wait for an answer. I think it took a little bit more slow than that. I think Jesus was there saying, I cannot do this. If there's any way, if there's any way that you can take this from me, please. I'm scared. And I believe that he waited. What a horrific time that was. What a lonely time that was. And in the end, he knew. He knew that it was the right thing to do. He knew it was what he was there for. And after contemplation, that's when he said, not my will, but yours. I don't want to do it, but I will. And then he goes to his disciples who, you know, we call them disciples, but at this point, he was going to his friends. He was going to people that he had been beside for three years. And what he needed more than anything was them to just be with him. That's all he wanted. You're going to see a, a, very, a very broken side of me, and what I need is just for you to be there. And he goes, and they're asleep. He wakes them up, and he says, come on, guys. Can't, can't you see that I, I need you? I need you today. Can't you be with me? Just be in prayer. And he goes again and has this talk with his father. You know, some scripture, uh, I think it's, uh, it's not the book of Matthew. I believe it's the book of John even talks about the, 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 the bleeding. And there are people that have been through history in such agony and such pain that they have uh, sweat blood. This is, this is our God, scared to death, frightened, and feeling so, so alone. He prays again. He, say, he says he's willing to do it. It's at that time that he goes back to his disciples, and all he wants is just, please, just... Uh, a hand on the shoulder, and they're asleep again. 
How lonely. How lonely would that have felt? How he must be thinking to himself, I've been there, for, I've been there all this time. I've been there for you, and I need you this time, and you're not there. And his frustration, he says, Why? Can't, can't you stay awake? That's all I'm asking. All I need. And three times, three times, he wrestles. He knows, just as he knew last week that he was going to be betrayed, he knows the excruciating pain that he is about to go through, and he is mortified. God in flesh. You know, they say that Jesus was God, Jesus was flesh. This is a flesh moment here. This is a human, human motion. This is a time when he says, I have to do this, but I don't want to. He's grieved. He's in agony. He's alone. Because his friends have fallen asleep. He wakes him up the last time and he, he says, get up, it's, it's too late. Here they come. We get a window into that. We get a window into our God having a moment like that. Have you ever felt true Fear? Have you ever felt grief? Have you ever felt like you are alone? I, I know we have people in our church right now that have gone through grief. They have, they have lost loved ones. They have lost people dear to them. They've lost, we have people in our church that have lost spouses. We have people that have lost friends. We have people that have lost children. We have, lost, we have people that have lost parents. And they have grieved. We have people that have lost jobs. We have people that have lost geography where they have had to move to some place. And when you first land there, they have felt alone. We have people that have mourned community. We have people that have grieved their own faith. We have people that have mourned the loss of their church. And it's a lonely feeling. We have people that have done the right thing at a painful price. And we have a God that says, I know how you feel. You go to some churches and they say, once you believe, you're going to feel great. And if you have enough faith, nothing is going to harm you ever again. What nonsense is that when we follow this story of our own God on his knees hurting like nobody has hurt before, and feeling alone. 
he's telling you, there are times that you are going to go through excruciating pain. You're going to go through hurt. You're going to go through times when you feel alone. But I'm going to go through it with you because I've been there. I've been there. Just in this story, we get permission to feel. We, we always want to show the world our good side. I'm not, I, mine left me in, in my 20s. But <laughs> we want to show that everything's fine. But we follow a Savior that says, if you feel it, acknowledge it and go through it. And we'll go through it together. I will not be able to take it from you, but I will walk through it with you. That's astonishing. I, I hope we can just sit with that for a minute that we have a God that gives us permission to feel. Both when we're feeling great and perfect and when we're feeling just the worst. It's a good lesson to learn. Another lesson is the disciples have taught us a great lesson. I don't think they did it on purpose. But they taught us how important it is to be awake. How many of us have friends and neighbors and, that are hurting? Jesus was going through this. It was something that only he could go through, but he showed the importance of what it means to go through it with somebody, to have somebody with you when you are experiencing pain. Are we there for each other? Are we there when our friends and our neighbors are suffering? Or are we just asleep? Sometimes we don't know that our friends are hurting. Sometimes we do. That this church is never, ever going to be one of those um, cool clubs that people come in and, and we feel good about ourselves, we eat well, and then we go outside and hate everybody. We're, we're here for a purpose. We're, we're here for a reason, a very important reason, a reason that the world needs very much right now. We're here to build a community of people that care about each other. A community that goes out and cares for those that are around them, whether they know them or not. There are people hurting here now. And there are people out there doing the same. We're not meant to sleep through that. We're there to walk with them through it. We will never be able to take it away. Just as Jesus points out, this road, this path was his. But we can walk with each other through it. That's what we're here for. We're here to love a God that feels. We're here to love a God that teaches us to feel. We're here to love ourselves and acknowledge that sometimes we don't feel that great. And we're here to love our neighbor and allow them to feel the same. I always get choked up at this time. 
I see a world in pain. I see people hurting each other. And I see people only wanting to hurt each other more. That's not what we're here for. We are here to walk with Christ and each other through it all. That's what we equipped ourselves for. That's what we go through for. That's why we have UPR. This is important. This is a tool that we can use to seek signs and to be there with our neighbor if they're going through a rough time. This is just one, this is just one tool. I don't even want to see a show of hands of how many of us know somebody that has lost their life to suicide, that has felt that alone, where they thought that the only option was this. If we can learn a couple of tools, hints, to be there for somebody, All we we need to do is be there with them. That's what our goal is. That's why we're here. See Nicole over there? She's the one that does the announcements. She told me a story about a friend. A friend that was hurting. And she was there for her and has saved her life. May we do the same with ourselves and with our neighbor. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, thank you for showing us your your emotions, your feelings. Thank you for showing us that you need us. Thank you for setting that example to teach us that we need each other. And thank you. Thank you for reminding us that no matter what we are going through, we are not alone. Amen.